Hi, I'm Kelsa Dickey, the CEO of the Financial Coach Academy and my financial coaching business, Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. My coaching journey began more than a decade ago with me helping people for free from my dining room table. What was once a little business of mine has grown into a seven-figure company that employs a team of people. My goal is simple, to help you fall more and more in love with financial coaching. I believe financial coaching is the most rewarding way to make a living. If you are an aspiring financial coach or have been coaching for years, I'm here to help you create a business you love that gets your clients massive results. Let's get to it. Hey, financial coaches. Welcome back. Episode four of the Financial Coach Academy podcast. If you remember last episode, we talked about the difference between financial literacy and financial coaching. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the difference between financial advising and financial coaching. And I want to start this by saying I want every person to have a team of financial professionals around them. I think that would be incredible. I would love for them to have an accountant and a bookkeeper if they're a business owner, an insurance agent, a financial coach, a financial advisor, an estate planner, an attorney, a realtor. Like I really think if we can have a team of people around and supporting every single person with money, I think that is the best world, right? So this is not about which one is better or anything like that. It's really to help you know the difference so that you know the areas that of money you're going to help with as a financial coach and the areas that financial advisors tend to help with. I think about my son, Alex. And for those of you who don't know, we adopted our son, Alex, from foster care. He came to us when he was two years old. And we are feel so blessed because when we first got him, it was an emergency placement. We got the call at about 1230 p.m. And they had said, do you have a bed available? And we were like, yeah. And they said, you know, they told us about Alex and they said, when can we bring him by? And we were like, today? And they were like, yeah, today. And a few hours later, we had our son. We had our daughter, Carmen, at the time. She was also two years old. So we woke up that day, October 4th, a parent of one two-year-old, and we went to bed that night, parents of two two two-year-olds, if you can imagine. But as you can probably imagine, children coming from foster care, we needed to get Alex some support and some resources. Because um, we had an amazing adoption agency that we used, we were able to rally all of these people behind us. And our little guy got a speech therapist and an occupational therapist and a physical therapist and a behavioral therapist. And we received parenting coaching and all sorts of things. And I can't imagine what his life and what our life would have been like during that first year had we not had all of those experts around us. We feel incredibly blessed. Our son now is six, and as part of the school year starting, he was reevaluated for all services, and it was a really beautiful moment. I have to admit that I cried because we were told that he does not need any services at all anymore. He is average or above average in all areas, and it was just such a really cool journey to reflect on and realize that the reason we feel so confident today and he is just such a cool little kid is because of the services and the support that we received from all of these experts. We had people we could call. They gave us suggestions and ideas of things we could do that we never would have dreamed of knowing how to do those things as new parents and not knowing a thing about some of those types of areas of a child's development. 
And I think the same thing is true about money. I think, wouldn't it be great if every parent for their children had just a posse of people around them helping them? And wouldn't it be really cool if every single person had all of these experts that they absolutely trusted around them to help them with their money? That is what we're shooting for, okay? So this is not one or the other. I believe so many people could really benefit from having both a financial advisor and a financial coach. If you think about financial coaching and financial advisors as sort of like on a timeline, financial coaches are going to help a person with what they have in their checking account right now, sort of the money coming in and out right now, the income, the expenses, making sure that the decisions they're making every single day, the behaviors, their habits are in alignment with what they're creating into their future. The financial advisor is going to help them run a variety of scenarios and help them calculate sort of their likelihood of success based on a number of things, their investment strategies, their rate of return, their risk tolerance, asset allocation, their portfolio. They are going to help that person buy and sell various investments like stocks or bonds, mutual funds, and other vehicles. They monitor that person's portfolio. They focus on asset protection, of course. Many tend to look at finances from sort of a 50,000-foot level. Oftentimes, they help people prepare for the time of their life when they're not earning a wage through work, right, or through a business. They have different platforms and software that they're going to use. They have some that are at their disposal that we will not have as financial coaches, and they use those to run various projections. Very needed, right? Their job is to sort of plan really far into the future and ensure that their investments and their plan that they're able to afford the life that they want far into the future. Financial coaches, we are balancing that with what they are doing today with their money. One example, so what I like to talk about are some of the scenarios that I've worked with financial advisors where we've shared a client and sort of what we've each done for that person. Think about it this way. If a financial advisor were to tell you today that you need $1,000 a month to go towards your investments in order for your likelihood of success, right, your probability of success to be what you want it to be during your retirement, our job as financial coaches is to help that person find that $1,000 per month. It's our job, our role is to say, let's look at the decisions you're making every day right now either how can we find that $1,000 or how close can we get? And chances are, if we're finding that $1,000, that's $1,000 that's not going to something else that probably right now today feels really important to you as a client. It feels like a priority, right? Like it's here in the now and here we are saving for something way into the future that we can't quite see yet. And our job is to help them make that decision with more confidence, to feel better about it, to decide how much they want to put into that, how much they can reasonably do, how they can feel satisfied with that and having less go towards the things that feel important to them today. And to really look at sort of the nuts and bolts of that decision. Financial advisors are going to have a lot more regulations, compliance, more education from a financial strategy and sort of financial concept perspective. They're oftentimes the, you know, more data-driven perspective. Sometimes um, they are going to meet with their clients less often 
Most of the time, not always, our clients, when we start meeting with them, we're going to start by meeting weekly. And then we switch to an every two-week cycle for quite a while. And then eventually we'll switch to something like once a month. But the idea is that financial advisors may not be meeting that often with their clients. But they are great to work with financial advisors from a referral partner strategy. And here's why. One of the things that has happened is a financial advisor will have a client who is making good money, right? Like they've got a good job, everything's fine. They're coming in a couple times a year, maybe for their review sessions with their advisor. And maybe this person is investing $250 a month into an IRA or something like that. And the advisor says, in order to reach your goals, we really need you doing $600 a month. And the client says, I just don't have it. I have no idea where I'm going to find that. And the advisor is looking at it and thinking, okay, based on your income, based on the debt you have, you know, maybe they've got one car payment, but not two massive car payments or something like that. Sort of like based on what they see, it shouldn't be this hard is sort of sometimes what the observation that the advisor has. Like it shouldn't be that hard to find a little bit more money sort of thing. And our job as a financial coach is to really get into the nitty gritty with that person and really figure out why is it so hard? Where is that money going instead? And how can we balance out those two things if that's really what the client wants to do? When I graduated college, I got a degree in finance and I actually practiced as a financial advisor for three years. Uh, at the time, it was American Express Financial Advisors. Now it's Ameriprise. But, um, and clients would come in. I was fully licensed, Series 766, Health, Life, Disability, Insurance um, are all the licenses that I had. And I thought, I was like, I am going to be a financial advisor. This is going to be my dream come true job. I want to help people with their money. And clients would come in. And they would want to talk about like which account to buy a car out of, or we would talk about balancing their investments and risk tolerance and that sort of thing. And I would just sort of be like, wah, wah. <laughs> and then a client would come in and they would say, okay, we've got some debt and this is the year we want to pay it off. Can you help us get on a plan to pay off debt? And I would be like, yes, let's go. I would feel so fired up and excited to be able to help a client pay off debt. And this was back in 2003. So at the time, fee-based financial planning was not a big thing at the time. I remember there were a couple of advisors in the state of Michigan where I lived at the time um, sort of doing fee-based planning, but like all eyes were on them to see if it would work, would it be successful, that sort of thing, which meant as an advisor at the time, I really didn't get paid to spend hours coaching this client on how to get out of debt. Right. And I remember thinking, this is what I would love to do. This is what I want to spend my time doing. This is the part of money that is fun for me. And yet I'm not going to get paid for doing this. Right. I know that not as many advisors feel that struggle today now that fee-based planning is becoming more and more popular and more and more common, but it is still a big difference in the tools you're going to use and the types of conversations you might be having with a person. And for some people, myself included, I just prefer to stay in one lane. I like to stay in the coaching lane. Oftentimes people will ask me, do you think you'll ever go back for your license? Do you think you'll get those? And for me, the answer is no. I just really love this part of money. I myself have a financial advisor, even though I used to be fully licensed. It's just not an area of money I enjoy spending time looking at. And I sort of do 
enough. So I am aware of it and I'm engaged with it, but I am totally okay with paying someone to add value to my life to keep an eye on these things for me. And what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, what part of money do you get the most joy from looking at? What part feels the most fun for you? What levers do you like to pull with a person? And that's the area that you want to be focusing on with money. Here's one thing that I always say. You can be a financial advisor and also do financial coaching, but then you are a financial advisor and you want to make that very clear, which means you are going to have licenses and um, compliance and like those types of things, requirements you will have to meet on a regular basis because you're doing both. If you're a financial coach who also wants to do you know, investments and that sort of thing, it doesn't work in the opposite way. You are still a financial advisor. You are just focusing on financial coaching. I personally just choose to stick with financial coaching solely. And we refer all of our clients to financial advisors when that time comes. Another situation that we have helped with and worked with financial advisors with is a a client who's maybe nearing retirement. Okay. So if they are nearing retirement, maybe they have made a good income during their life. And so they've put money aside and they should have plenty of money to sustain their retirement and their lifestyle. But maybe they never had to like really live on a fixed income or stick to a particular budget. Maybe they always had enough cushion. They were always good savers. And it was a t- they're going into a time of their life where maybe they need to pay just a little bit more attention or their behaviors need to change. The way they manage things, the way they make decisions needs to change to fit sort of a new time of their life. And the advisor will refer them to us so that we can help them create a plan, not just with the money, but how they're going to align themselves during the week with that new plan with their money, okay? Another way that we have worked with advisors, and we've gotten this feedback quite a bit, um, is that sometimes an advisor will help a person figure out how much they need, or I should say all the time, the advisor is probably going to help a person figure out what do they need for retirement? Like what's their lifestyle going to cost them during that time? And a lot of advisors I know, because I, this is one way that I used to do it is use a percentage, right? So it's sort of like a rough formula of like during retirement, if we were to take 80% of what your current income is, and that's what every year you're going to spend during retirement, right? So they might use some sort of rough calculation like that. But the struggle with that is that calculation. An advisor's inputs are only as accurate as what the client is telling them, right? Which means all the projections and that sort of thing are only as accurate as the inputs, and the inputs are only as accurate as what the client tells them. So where we come in as financial coaches is really helping someone to gain total clarity on what those inputs are. What does their lifestyle cost them today? And really importantly is we can actually have conversations. We call this our dream budget exercise. So what we do is we talk with our clients about we want you to imagine. Let's dream for a minute. Let's talk about a time in your life when you're uh, not working anymore. You're not earning an income from your job. What would you love for that time of your life to look like? What kinds of things would you love to do? Where would you like to live? How do you want to spend your day? Those types of things. And we have a whole series of questions and exercises and journaling that we work through with the client. And what we do is we actually help them to attach numbers to that time of their life. So we first dream about it, right? This is sort of the life and the coaching element of things. We just dream about it. We let them explore that and we 
Oftentimes, if it's a couple, we'll send them home and say, go on a date and just talk about that. Just talk about like the cool things you would love to do. And then when we come back together, we will oftentimes put a financial plan around that so that it's like, if we were to, you know, guess at the stage of things, we can estimate how much those types of things could possibly cost you during that time. And then that way, we know when we that client goes to the advisor, the numbers that they're giving them are as accurate as possible. They're probably not perfect. There's no way to be perfect, but they're at least more accurate than a rough formula, right? And then that way, all the project projections the advisor does are more accurate. Not only that, probably even more importantly, is the client feels more excited about the vision for that time of life. They feel like it's actually a clear picture of what it's going to look like, how they're going to feel, the types of things they're going to be doing, where they're going to be living, all of that. And when a person has a clear vision of what it is that they're creating, it's so much easier to sort of like fall in line with making that happen for yourself. You feel more bought into it. Your buy-in is greater. You're like, yes, I want that. The enthusiasm and the excitement is there. And so it's so much easier to attach yourself to making that happen, right? So then it's better for everybody. The client is going to feel more successful and more excited. The advisor has a better plan, more accurate projections, that sort of thing, and can paint a much more clear picture to the client of what they need to be doing and investing. And we win because we now help this client from a coaching perspective and have a better relationship built on trust with them as well. So these are all some of the types of situations that you may work with an advisor on and why both are needed, okay? That advisor can then make sure that they are invested properly, that their risk tolerance is in alignment, and all those types of things. Um, an advisor can tell sometimes that something isn't quite right in a client's financial situation, but they can't always pinpoint exactly what it is. Maybe it's something more detailed, more specific, more nuanced, and the advisor for a number of reasons. Either they're hearing a client express stress or struggle around their budgeting or their day-to-day -day finances or credit cards or something like that, um, or they're just hearing you know, two people in a relationship bicker and fight or feel tense and have conflict around money. And again, these are the types of situations that coaches can really help with where advisors, some of them can, can help too. And some of them go into advising because they really love the investment side of things. They love the portfolio building aspects of what they do. They love those long-term projections and they don't really want to get their hands in to more of the day-to-day -day nuance side like financial coaches do, right? So this is where both are absolutely needed advisors and financial coaches. All right. So it is the end of the episode. And uh, if you remember at the end of every episode, I like to give you a question to ponder, something to simply consider for yourself. You can reflect on this question or maybe you want to journal it out for yourself. The purpose is simply to deepen your awareness or help you gain clarity on the topic of today's episode. Just a reminder, I would love it if you shared it with me. You can go ahead and take a screenshot if you're listening to the podcast and share it with us on Instagram at Financial Coach Academy on Instagram. Or if you're catching this on YouTube, go ahead and leave me a comment and let me know your thoughts on this question. What parts of a person's financial situation would you love to help them with? Which parts of a person's financial situation seem boring to you? 
You can design your business model and your coaching program around the things that you love around money. You do not have to conquer all elements of money as a financial coach. In future episodes, we're actually going to talk about niching down and and really becoming a specialist as opposed to a generalist as a financial coach. Really picking one part of money or a couple of key elements of money or a specific problem people are facing with money and really getting amazing results in that one area. And if there's a you know, struggle in another area, you simply refer those things to another financial coach, right? So these are the types of things that we want you considering. I want you to just ask yourself, what parts of money do you absolutely love? Do you gravitate towards? Do you find yourself geeking out on and reading more articles and watching YouTube videos and like those types of things and like probably crunching your own numbers in some way, right? And what are the parts that you maybe dread a little bit? It is okay to own that and allow yourself to find people who want to fill that gap for you as a coach that you don't have to focus on that part of things. You can absolutely design your financial coaching business to focus on the parts that you absolutely enjoy and to sort of disregard the parts that you don't enjoy, okay? I believe financial coaching is the best and most rewarding way to make a living. I truly love what I do as a financial coach in ways that I didn't quite love as a financial advisor. If you're ready to learn and see how to become a profitable, successful financial coach, check us out at financialcoachacademy.com. And you can learn more about our online courses, our free training and events at our website. As always, I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about the podcast or that you would like me to answer on a future episode of the podcast, submit them at financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It would mean the world to me. I will see you next week in episode five. We're going to be tackling, can I make money as a financial coach in all the various ways you can do that? 